Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Man, welcome to a brand new series going viral. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see go viral. There's, there's just too much junk out there right now that isn't benefiting anybody. Let's be honest. But good news, come on. Someone say good news. That's what it's about. And that's what we're talking about today. The good news of the gospel. You know what? Um, this new series going viral is all about influence. It's about trends and influence. But we're going to talk about not just what is trendy, but something that goes beyond being trendy and that which is timeless. Are you with me? Awesome. If you're joining us for the first time in-house or online, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Come on. You came to church and you got iced coffees. You know you're in the right place. And man, the worship is so powerful today. But we're going to keep worshiping with the Word of God uh, today. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's timeless. And what do we want to go viral? I don't know if there's some influencers in the house. Come on, make some noise if you're an influencer. Okay, that should be everybody. We all influence somebody, somehow, some way. I've heard others say before, that's leadership. Leadership is influence. Somebody's always watching you. Those of you that have kids, man, they are always watching us. But anyway, what is it that we want to go viral? If we could choose what we want the world to know and what we want to be known for, what would that be? If we could choose who we want to influence and what we want to influence, what would that look like? Unfortunately, the, 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 cha- the chances of you having something going viral on social media is uh, less than winning the lottery, okay? But the chances of something going viral alone, that is. Come on, are you with me? Because you were never designed to do it alone. God has put gifts, abilities, talents, passions, and purpose inside of you that was meant to come out of you, but you were never meant to do it alone. Come on. I don't know if you've ever dreamed of making such an impact and the influence on this world that even when you're gone, people would remember you or what you did and how you made the world a better place. Unfortunately, most people aren't thinking of that. Most people are just thinking, hey, I just want to go on to the next chapter, the next, and be done. And that's the truth. But God never meant for you to live life by default, but by design. And God's got a message that he wants to take out of you today and to share with the world he created us to have a long lasting impact long lasting influence so long that he created eternity now that's a long lasting legacy or impact an influence that goes to eternity just can you grasp that for a moment Have you ever thought of the things that you do, the actions that you do, and the things that you say could have an impact on someone's life for eternity? That's what you call long-lasting impact. But too many times, we settle for the immediate. And we miss the ultimate. We settle for less than what we're worth, less than what we were created to do and created to be and created to share. 
Legacy is what we're talking about today. Someone say legacy. Legacy is about the richness of an individual's life, including what that person accomplished and the impact that he or she has on people and places. Legacy. Ultimately, the story of a person's life reflects the individual's legacy. Jesus. Jesus had the ultimate legacy. And yet we are called to follow that legacy in his footsteps. And I know what some of you are thinking like, hey, I am no Jesus. I'm the furthest thing from from him. And that is beyond anything that I can reach. But as Christians, like Pastor Salvain said this morning, we need to be like little Christ. It's Christ in us, is it not? It's Christ in us. In our weakness, his strength is made, come on, Rick, help me out, perfect, perfect. Someone say perfect. Oh, and some of you just thought that you could stay the victim and never move to the victor, but that ain't happening in the house of God today. Because he's called you for more. Say, he's called me for more than this. All right, good stuff. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 12, he says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because he has gone to be with the Father. So I want to focus today on what's known as the great co-mission. Meaning the mission is so great, you can't do it on your own. And nor were we designed to do it on our own. In Matthew 28, 16 to 20 is where we're going to be jumping to. So if you brought your Bibles with you, you can open them up. Even if they're on your phones, that's cool too. Uh, The verses should be on the screen here as well. And if you want to go even deeper, someone say go deep. Go to you version right now. Click on events. You're going to find College Street is the first event that's going to show up on version, And my notes are out there for you to take and make them even better. So I've made that available for all of you. But let's go into Matthew 28. Starting in verse 16. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Why? Because context creates clarity. Oh, you're with me. We need some context. I think some of you have been a little foggy, you've been a little vague, (laughs) and you've been lacking vision. And the Lord just wants to shine some clarity on the situation here before we go into the the, deep into the gospel and the good news and and the struggle and the the troubles and the triumph. We got to have some context. This is after Jesus had already died and paid the price for all of our sins, the sins of the world, and he had resurrected from the grave. And he shows up. And even though he told his disciples this is what was going to happen, some of them weren't expecting him. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb on the third day. And you see, it says an angel of the Lord had showed up and there was a big earthquake. And the tomb shook and everything shook. And there were Roman guards outside of the tomb of Jesus that saw the angel appear, roll away this massive stone, and they became so terrified, the Bible says they were like dead. Well, you would be too. 
And so Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they show up and they see this angel here and they're terrified too. And the angel says, don't be scared, don't be afraid. For Jesus, the one you're looking for, he is risen. Like he said he was going to be risen. Look, here is the place he laid, the empty tomb. And so Jesus starts revealing himself to different people at different times. He even shows up as two men that were followers on the road. They don't even recognize him. And they're too much, they're too caught in the past that they're missing the present. And I think that happens to us all the time. We're walking our own walk and we're walking our own way. And all of a sudden Jesus comes along and he's right there in the midst of us and we don't even recognize him. But then he reveals himself to his disciples. And, and, and he shows up, all of a sudden, boom, he's in the room with some of the disciples. And you know, we've heard this before. When they saw Jesus walking on the water, they thought they saw a ghost. And so this time, to, to, to prove he's not a ghost, he says, I'm hungry, give me something to eat. So they give him some fish. So he reveals himself that way. Then he, even Thomas, one of the disciples, gets to touch the very wounds, the holes where they put his nails. And where they put the spear in his side, Thomas actually touches Jesus in the flesh. Evidence, all eyewitnesses recorded throughout all of history. You want to talk about what has gone viral. It's the gospel and the good news. It's still going viral. It hasn't stopped. It's not something that is just trendy, but it is timeless. Then later we'll get to Peter. Peter's my favorite. And Peter also has an eyewitness encounter with Jesus. But let's start in, in verses 16 and 17. And it says this. It says, Then the eleven disciples, they went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. Verse 17, Then they saw him and they worshipped him. But some doubted. You know, just the other week we talked about the importance of getting the doubt out. That's going to be an ongoing thing, just so you know. you got to get in the habit of saying, doubt, get out. Come on. Because the doubt will always try to come in and, and steer you away from the direction that you're called to. So you got to tell that doubt to get out. Even the believers, even the eyewitnesses, even those that worship, some still doubting. But I want to focus on the verse 16 part, on the direction where Jesus specifically told the disciples where to go. It is direction that is greater, ladies and gentlemen, than just good intention. Direction. I meet people all the time. As a pastor and a life coach, I meet people, man, they got great intention. I can see their heart. I can see they want their marriage to get better. I can see they want their family to get better, their business to get better, their life to get better. It's just a matter, a matter of misdirection. You've got to get that intention. The word that I have for us today is alignment. We're going to come back to alignment. Because some of us, we've been driving down our roads, going our own way. And you may have noticed it. You may have noticed there's, you know, a little bit of pull here to the left or a little bit of pull here to the right. But God is saying, all eyes on me. Align with me. I've got an assignment for you, but alignment comes first. It is the direction. This is the difference between just a good thing and a God thing. The first tension is one, we don't like to be told where to go. I don't. 
But in that verse, if we just slow down a little bit, Jesus told them where to go. He also told Satan where to go. And he told those that love him and follow him where to go. Sometimes we get, we get caught up in the whole picture and we want the next step and the next step. But he says, hey, let's just start by meeting here at the mountain. Let's go to the mountain. Let's meet there. But Lord, what about, no, 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 no buts. Just come meet me. Come spend time with me. You'll get the rest later. Same thing happened with Abraham. He called Abraham out and his whole family. He didn't get the whole picture. Where are you going to go next? How's that going to be? Then how, Lord? How, Lord? How? No, just go where I tell you to go. Then we'll go from there. Second, well, first, we don't like to be told where to go. Secondly, we don't like to be told how or the way we need to get there. Right? Especially if it's out of our way and it's not our way. But Jesus didn't say, go your own way. He said, I am the way. Come on. I am the way. And, and many people have this great intention. They're just missing clear direction. And the honest truth is a lot of us are, have been self-guided, not spirit-led. Right? And so where is Jesus calling us? Let's just start there. Let's start with the main thing. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. So Jesus told them to go to a certain mountain. And I was thinking about this. There was a season in my life where I liked to climb mountains. It was fun. It was adventurous. It took a lot of work, a lot of time, and it was putting my life at risk at times, but it was so rewarding when I got to the top and had a different perspective of when I was at, than when I was in the valley. Right? I'll be honest with you, then I had an opportunity to do a wedding on the top of a mountain. We didn't climb the mountain. You gotta go in a helicopter. And, and <laughs> once I experienced that, thought of climbing and scaling mountains wasn't as exciting anymore but I'm telling you this is similar with influence with influence it works so it's like climbing a mountain it takes so much time and hard work to get to that position of influence but how many of you know it doesn't take a lot of time to lose influence or get the wrong influence it says when they again when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is the common occurrence today, is doubt. There are many people that have, have seen visions, even miracles, even believers, none of us are exempt. But we still face doubt. You know, I myself, as I, I started to go through this and, and think of all the miracles I've witnessed and got to be a part of Jesus working in me, hey, more of him, less of me. I'm telling you that I am no different, no more anointed and appointed than you, Sam, than you, Marissa, than you, Wes. Uh, but I have witnessed and seen things, tangible miracles. Some of you have heard the story where... I was called in the hospital where a man was given hours to live, dying of cancer. And I watched him walk out completely healed and restored. I've watched, a, we, we've witnessed as a man who was in a wheelchair shot in, a ba in the back and never able to use his legs in the name of Jesus by laying hands on him, we watched him stand on his own two feet. 
And I've gone to places and like the Philippines and there was an elderly gentleman that came forward. There was a translator. And I'm telling you, there's no more powerful prayer than when I pray right now for one of my friends. And I laid hands on his ears and he couldn't hear. And after, he could hear. That is the God we serve. That is the miracle working power of Jesus. And yet, sometimes, we'll still doubt. We'll doubt ourselves. we'll doubt our calling, and we'll doubt the calling. So you, you gotta tell the doubt where to go. And most importantly, you gotta have a vision bigger than your problems, bigger than your challenges. Because like Proverbs 29, 18 says, without it you'll perish or be un, with unrestraint, no restraint. It's vision that leads us. It's vision that guides us. It's what gives us clarity. It's vision in our insight that allows us to have foresight. And the Lord has been speaking to us. There's many of us like me. I'm a visionary, okay? I see things. I see things. What's your five-year plan? Hey, babe. What's our five-year plan? Where are we going to be in five years from now? Can you imagine? That's been me. I'm always looking to the future. What God's going to do? But God wants us to be in the present. He is saying to the church, He is saying, hey, align with me. I'm looking more for insight. He'll deal with the foresight. He says, in here, in here, insight, insight. I got. He's already got the foresight. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is saying, in His presence, right here, right now, align yourself with Him. It says there in verse 18 and 19 of Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them, oh, I love this, and said, all authority. Someone say all. Not some, not a little bit, not when it's convenient. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Rick, therefore, <laughs> don't skip to verse 19 before you read verse 18. Therefore, someone say therefore. So you got this authority, all authority, been given to Jesus over heaven and earth. Therefore, what are you going to do about it? You're going to go and you're going to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, therefore, don't misuse and abuse the purpose that is within you that Christ died for. Discipleship. Secondly is this, that our influence is to be imitators of Christ. If you're going to walk away with one thing today, it's this point. Your influence is to be an imitator of Christ. There's no more powerful influence in all of the world, in all of creation. If you want to reflect something, if you want to stand for something, why not stand for the love and the sacrifice of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? There's no other love in comparison than the love that Christ has for us by laying down his life for us. There's no greater love. And if you've ever tried this and woken up in the morning and said, what does love demand of me today? Try that on for size. 
because that's what it means to be an influencer that imitates Christ. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2 says, follows God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, you got to know you're loved. You can't continue on your mission unless you know that you know that you know that you are loved. If anything, know that you are loved and know that you are God's child. And walk, don't just know it, own it. Walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. You see, influence was always meant to inspire. The word inspire comes from the word in spirit. Did you know that? Our leadership all says yes, because I told them that. Inspire comes from the two words in spirit. In other words, when you are inspired by something, the right thing, it means that you are living in line with the spirit. You with me? Again, too many people are seeking the assignment before the alignment. But alignment always comes before the assignment. Assignment comes after. We must first align ourselves with God's word and God's way. And let us not forget, I'm not just pointing out the Bible is powerful, but it's what the Bible points to. Jesus is the word. In the beginning, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God's Word, God's way before our assignment. Are you with me? Someone say God's Word, God's way. There you go. Then our assignment. And remember, here's something that might just be a blow your mind kind of experience or revelation because I, I know a lot of you didn't just come for information today you came for a revelation and we don't assign our way you feel that you may think you do yes you have free will yes you have choice but if you are in alignment your assignment comes from God not my will but thy will be done some of you are thinking like if you're new to this well kind of sucks. No, it doesn't. It doesn't if you know that God's plans and purposes are for you or not to harm you, but give you a hope in a future. It doesn't if you know that he is able to do above and beyond all you can hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within. It doesn't if you know he knows the desires of your heart. And if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto you. Alignment. He's got more. Someone say he's got more. All authority, the scripture says, all authority, heaven and earth, is given to Jesus for the purpose to go make disciples. Someone once said, fully devoted followers of Christ. I like that. Not a lukewarm, not a one foot in, one foot out, all in. You can tell when someone's all in, right? I, I love, what, especially when someone is new to coming into relationship with Jesus, because they're all in. And I love that they don't know what they don't know. They're like, there's so many of us. Come on, let's let's have a humbling moment for a moment. Oh, I've been a Christian for so many years. And like, well, praise God. But some of us have just been repeating the same year over and over again. 
didn't mean that to be condemning. <laughs> not in this house. Say, not in this house. No. No. Even in 1 John 2, Jesus talks about, you know, or Jesus talks about, but in 1 John 2, it says that we are like little children when we first come to know God. Someone's got to feed us. But God also used children as reference to the greatest in the kingdom of God. He says, unless you have faith and humble yourself as a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God. So when a new believer comes into relationship with God, they're like a child. They don't know what they don't know. All they know is Jesus. They know that they are loved. They know that they are redeemed. They know that they are forgiven. And they want to share it with everybody else. And don't get in their way. I love it. They're on fire. And that's why us as a church, our focus is to reach out. Our vision is to reach, teach, mobilize. To reach every available person by every available means with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's something in the fire of somebody that experiences Christ for the first time. It just doesn't become the norm, you know? It becomes this anticipation and this expectation that brings on the unity. So all authority, again, say all authority. It's given to make disciples. So followers of Christ, not our own following. Ouch. <laughs> when I was, it was, just so you know, I'm looking in the mirror all the time when I'm going through the word and, and I'm digging into that and I'm like, you know, you can speck and plank that thing all day long. And if you don't know what I mean by that, the Bible talks about, you know, you're too busy trying to pull the speck out of your brother or sister's eye and you got a plank in your own eye. It's made out of the same material, Okay. And, and, but the Lord is constantly, the Holy Spirit is convicting us in a loving way. And it's like, hey, who are you making followers of? Followers of him? Followers of thee or followers of me? How many followers do I got right now? <laughs> what do you want to be known for? When you stand before Jesus one day, like, man, you had a lot of good followers following you. Where were you taking them? <laughs> or you made a lot of good followers of me, right? That's what I want to be known for. What's the legacy that you want to leave? You know, I sure hope when people see Matt, they see Jesus. Even in the midst of my imperfections, that they see humility, that they see love. They see a man that's just willing to give up his whole life for the, for the gospel so other, experience can be, other people can experience the revelation that can be set free. They can make Jesus his Lord. They can have a legacy that go on for eternity. I sure hope. I sure pray. That is my hope. My anchor that is steadfast, secure to my soul, Hebrews 6, 19, Jesus. Yeah, that's right, Wiley. He's the name above every other name. And we don't use his name to influence ours. Come on. Mm -mm. We use his influence to build up the body of Christ so he can be worshipped. That's what it comes back to. This, this morning... Uh, Pastor Sly challenged us, what's this all for? What are we doing it for? To worship him, to honor him. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says to, to live our lives as a living sacrifice. That is our true and proper worship. Love. When he was challenged about by the, by the religious leaders out of all the law, because the law was important. It was what the law pointed to, and that was the liberator, Jesus. He came to fulfill the law, what we could not do. And he said, all the law hangs off this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's liberty. That's authority. Authority was always meant for service, not status. Again, Jesus said, therefore. 
authority was given to make disciples. Going viral is spreading the gospel. Going viral is spreading good news. I love that older gentleman on there who made a point to talk about generosity and God in the same sentence. He wasn't just doing a good thing. He was doing a God thing. And he said, yeah, my wife's going to hate me if I don't take this money, but I don't need it right now. God has blessed me right now. Go bless somebody else with that. But he was the first to give, even if it was a, a little bit of change, because he understood generosity, and he understood that our God is a God of multiplication, that little is much when God is in it. So he pays it forward, and he gives credit where credit is due. That's how we use our influence to point to him. So next time when somebody asks you, you know, why are you so generous? Why are you so happy? Why are you so nice? Jesus. For his love flows to me and through you. Okay. It's the gospel. It's, it's the good news of Jesus. It is the forgiveness of sins because of the ultimate. Remember, don't miss the ultimate. Don't sacrifice the ultimate with the immediate. The ultimate sacrifice through his death and resurrection. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, if it had not been for the resurrection, all of this, our preaching would be useless and so would your faith. Our influencer, our influence, you as influencers, is to be imitators of Christ. In verse 20, finally it says, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Thank you, Jesus. You know that sometimes we hear the word obey, our flesh cringes. Because people have misused and abused authority for centuries. They've even misused and abused the word of God. Taking it out of context. Lacking clarity. But, but that's not our Jesus. That's not the God that we serve. And that's not the Jesus we represent. He says, you want to be a great leader, you need to be a servant unto all. Not just some, not just the ones that are convenient, not just the ones that like you, Ethan. <laughs> all someone say all we naturally we try to avoid authority at times we try to avoid being under authority unless it's God we, we, we tend to avoid even being obedient unless it's, we know it's coming directly from God whoever God has even appointed and anointed certain people in our lives to give us direction and correction. It's part of discipleship. And the root word in it is discipline. We think discipline, we also think negative in the context. We don't think of, you know, when I tell my kids, well, my wife tells me some positive disciplines, like smile more, people are watching you when you're driving. <laughs> Lord, bless him, bless her, bless that person. You need Jesus. Forgive them. <laughs> anyway. But there are positive disciplines. 
Sometimes we get corrections, you know. The Holy Spirit corrects us sometimes in ways that we're not expecting, but in a loving way. <laughs> Truth in love, the Bible says. And know this too, if you're under, we're all under different influences. And if you're not sure of the influence that you're under, look to the fruit. Look to the fruit. Because eventually that'll lead to the root. Is the influence you're under inspiring others to make disciples? Is it teaching others to obey God's commands? Or does that influence just treat it like the great suggestion? not the Great Commission? Is discipleship the priority or is it an afterthought? Oh, we're going deep today. We're to teach, he's teaching us to teach others to obey his commands so that he will be with us always at the very end of age. Again, it's not to set us back, to set us up. He doesn't want us to miss out on the blessings that are coming away and be distracted by thoughts that aren't of God and ways that aren't godly. Thank you, Kayla. So secondly, is our obedience to God and godly authority subject to our own objectives? I know that's for somebody in the house. That's a conviction right there. All of this affects our influence. Thy way or my way? not in my notes, someone should write it down. So thirdly, obedience isn't the obstacle, it's the objective. I just love how kids are in the house of the Lord everywhere. It just makes my day, it warms my heart just so you know, it's not an inconvenience. Obedience to who? Who do we follow? Who do we intentionally let influence us? A lot of influence happens because of the people that we get to spend time with and who we choose to spend time with. We need to come on. Somebody needs to be intentional on their influence. Not just who you're influencing, but what and who you're being influenced by. Someone say intentional. Write intentional down, someone. Because you need to be intentional. You're you're living your life of influence by default and you're wondering why you're missing the design. Be intentional on who you let influence you. Who you spend time with. Someone once asked me, uh, Matt, if you could have lunch with anybody right now, anyone, boom, instantly, who would you have lunch with? You know, a lot of people, they pick celebrities, people of, of, of big importance and influence. And I'm kind of weird. I, I, right away, I think of influential pastors. So I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. I'm not like elevating. I'm elevating God that I see working through people. But I think of Billy Graham. I think of guys like Stephen Furtick. I even think of my friend Rex Crane. But then in that moment as I was preparing this and writing this, it was like plain as day. Jesus. Like I'm talking, can you imagine Jesus in the flesh having lunch with him? Sorry, I'm getting teared up right now. And I don't know what I would do, but in the moment when I was putting pen to paper and writing down this message, I just like in that moment I imagined I would either fall flat on my face and cry or I would reach across the table and just hold him and cry. But either way, I know I would cry. Because <laughs> I'm doing it right now. And, 
and I must have looked like so silly because I'm in Starbucks writing this and I'm crying and and no one came to check on me, but that's okay though. They all thanks. These are tears of joy. These are sad tears. I'm just overwhelmed with emotion. So, <laughs> but that's what he wants. Like, I don't want to be known as a crying pastor, but I, I, I am confident enough to be, I want to be known, I, I'm humble enough to be known as the pastor who just loves Jesus and willing to lay down his life for him. And I know that day will come. And I'll get to see him in the flesh. But in the meantime, I see him in you guys. So thank you for being influencers and to let his light shine through you. Thanks for doing this with me, for with us, and being part of the Great Commission, because it would it wouldn't be the same if we did it alone. <laughs> we wouldn't have the influence to be imitators of Christ if we didn't know. So thank you guys. First John uh, 2, 3 to 6, it says, When we obey God, we are sure that we know Him. When we obey, we're sure that we know Him. But if we claim to know Him and we don't obey Him, we are lying and the truth is not in our hearts. We, we truly love God when we obey him as we should, and then we know that we belong to him. We love because he first loved us. We don't do it because we're forced in it. We do it because of the freedom that he gives us. And it's just so much, as you can tell, we can't contain it, that we have to share it with everybody else that we meet. It goes on to say, if we say that we are his, we must follow his example example of Christ back to Peter remember I mentioned Peter in the beginning I remember when in the scripture it says that after Jesus' death Peter defaulted to who he used to be he was just so overwhelmed you gotta understand Peter actually denied Jesus just before the cross three times and I think we've all been there in places of our life where we went and say, well, I didn't actually deny him, but you went on your own way. You went for the, the security, like the lifeboat we talked about last week with Peter. And, and, and you know, you, 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 you were trying, you escaped maybe. You went and did your whole thing. And Peter did that. He was scared and he ran and he denied Jesus. And Jesus is revealing himself to all the other disciples, but he, Peter hasn't seen him yet. And so Peter goes back to what he knew, and that was being a fisherman instead of fishing for men. Jesus still came for him. And Jesus was on the shore, and he called out to Peter. He told him to throw his net on the other side, just like the first time they met. <laughs> and Peter knew right away. In the scripture, in one of the gospels, it says that, according to, I think it's John, but anyway, you look it up. But he, I guess he was shirtless. It was a hot day. Maybe he put on some weight, so he put on his shirt because <laughs> he's getting lazy. <laughs> but he put on his shirt and he jumped off the boat and he swam to Jesus. And Jesus had already prepared for him some fish. He cooked it for him. They had a meal together. 
And then he said this in John 21, 15. When they had finished eating, so he's eating. Remember I told you about like eating with Jesus, spending time with Jesus in the flesh. He's had lunch with him. So Peter's about to have his moment, or he's having his moment. He's in the moment. And then Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, oh, can you feel that authority? If your mom or dad ever said your whole name, but if somebody says your whole name and then mentions your daddy's name, he's got your attention. Charmaine, Allison, Rochelle, Funk, daughter of Raymond. (laughs) What a beautiful name, eh? That's my wife. Do you love me more than these? He's talking about the fish. You love me more than these? Peter says, you know, I love you. Remember, before Jesus, fishing was the, his purpose. Maybe it was even his passion at one point. It's what he did to survive. It's what he did to bring income in. And then Jesus is saying, he's bringing him back to that place in the moment. He says, do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than your money? Do you love me more than you fill in the blank? Do you love me more than these? Yes, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Remember I mentioned in 1 John 2, it says, when we come into relationship with God, it's like we're little children. But then it says that we become young men. Little children need to be fed. It's like little lambs need to be fed. Eventually they turn into sheep. Eventually little children turn into young men, according to 1 John 2. And eventually, young men can feed themselves. But it says that that we're called to be fathers and mothers. And that's where we grow in our discipleship and our walk with God. And we feed others. Would you stand with me? I'm saying all of this to give everyone in the house a fresh start. You can't go viral without a vision. You need a fresh start. And today is the day the Lord has made. And we rejoice about it because that's what the word says. And his mercies are made new every morning and great is his faithfulness. You want a vision that will go viral? It needs to be a God vision. And in order to start in the right direction, we got we to gotta decide where we want it to end where we want to end because legacy is living a lifestyle worthy of our calling Romans 12 verse 1 as a living sacrifice that's our true and proper worship the takeaway I have today is to be influencers as we imitate Christ to go viral and make disciples let us pray Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for truth and conviction. Thank you for casting out all condemnation. Thank you for your love and your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, thank you most importantly for the insight that you gave us through the revelation today of your word. We look forward to the foresight as we make disciples, as we reflect you, as we be influencers that imitate you. 
Lord, I pray a blessing over each one of my family members, my friends, all of those that will go out and share your love to those they meet. In Jesus' name. If you're in the house today and this message spoke to you and and you could just have a real moment for a bit and you could say, I haven't been a good imitator or a good influencer in representing Christ. Maybe you missed the initial step where you need to come back and that is in the relationship. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Those of you that know what true religion is, the Bible says it's taking care of the orphans and the widows. We'll step into that with you every day, every way. We get to do that as a church. But you gotta have more than just the natural, what this world has to offer you. You need his super in your natural And all authority that was given to Jesus will be given to those who become followers of Jesus. You could use some of that. Let's start with relationship. John's, he's in in, in, uh, Romans 10, verse 9. Paul said, If we believe in our hearts that God the Father was raised from the grave, God the Father raised his son from the grave, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. There's two important things there. Don't miss them. Even if you've heard this again and again and again, what you believe, you become. And what you confess will happen. For life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so I want to, in a moment of either coming to or coming back to Christ, I want to give us that opportunity. This is a holy moment right now. Let's just let God in. Let's let go of some things and let's let God in in this moment right now. Would you pray with me? Everyone in the house, just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm ready to be an influencer, to imitate you. I'm done with my past, with everything that's held me back, (laughs) with doubt. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me of my sins? I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart and would you be Lord over my life? Lead me, align me, in Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed in the moment. Thank you, James. Worship is just so powerful right now. If you prayed that prayer for the first time ever, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you just give me a thumbs up? Just give me a thumbs up or a wave. It's pretty dark in the house, but there's light shining in the house right now. I see it. I see you. Thank you. And if you're coming back to him today and you're aligning with him and you've invited him into your life, would you give me a thumbs up in the house today? Thank you. You know, sometimes I've been asked, why, why, do, I, why do I do that? God knows, does it really matter? It matters. Because it's, you're making a public confession when you do that. And I know when I see you, even if I don't know you by name, I pray for you. I, sell, I know the battles that are coming your way. But more importantly, I know the breakthrough and the blessing. 
And I want you to know you're in the right place. You're around other influencers, and at times we're imperfect. But it's Christ in us. It's Christ in us. That's the perfection. It's Christ in us. It's Christ in you. And you were put here on purpose, for purpose, in the great commission to do this together with us. So can we just give them a round of applause? Welcome to the family of God. We celebrate you. Stay standing because we can't go into the Great Commission and talk about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and not lift the lid out of faith. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we've just been obedient. You know, we, don't, we, we, we teach on baptism. Most of the discipleship that's already happening is happening because somebody else invited you, told you about Jesus, and brought you to this place and this space. If you can understand a relationship with Jesus and salvation, you can understand baptism. For Romans, we again, this was not the great suggestion. This is part of our walk. This is the Great Commission, okay? We got that? Come on. You got that? But when it, we go under the water, it says that we are buried with Christ. We come up out of the water, we are resurrected with Christ. We leave all that stuff, all this, everything that's held us back. And, I, and I've told you, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll have your battles, but you're going to have different strength and different breakthroughs and different blessings like you've never had before. Jesus himself, after being baptized, went into the wilderness for 40 days, and the devil came, and guess how the devil tried to tempt him? With the word of God. With scripture out of context. I just, it just blows my mind sometimes. It's like, and at his weakest moment, he waited till his weakest moment, because he was still God in the flesh. And he quoted scripture to him. But trust me, when you're trying to use the word on the word, <laughs> and Jesus kept bringing things back into context. And finally, he had enough, and he just told Satan where to go. <laughs> and so if that's you today, we don't make it difficult for you to step in. We've got clothes, we've got towels, we've got all that. It would be an honor. If you want to know more about it, and just come forward and talk to us. If you'd like prayer, you want to just worship with us up front, come forward. But let's worship our God now. Come forward at this time. Host team, come forward at this time. Let's just praise our God. Come on. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.